Ben, Ben Avery here from the Comic Book Time Machine. Just to uh, quickly remind you that these following episodes were actually taken from a larger episode and cut up into more easily indexed, smaller portions. So there are going to be times when I talk about, you know, next in this episode or previously in this episode, because originally these were released as long episodes that covered a single month of the comics. A long time ago, on a spinner rack far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 37, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, issue number 6, cover dated January 1978. Godzilla, issue number 6. $0.35 cent cover price, Doug Mensch, writer, Herb Trimpey, artist and anchor, B. Patterson, letterer, P. Rach, colorist, Archie Goodwin, editor, the title of this issue, A Monster, Enslaved, and previously in the Godzilla series, well, here's what you need to know. Godzilla unfroze and began wreaking havoc on the Marvel Universe, and now S.H.I.E.L.D. is on the move to stop him with Stark's, Stark Industries helping and we've had some battles, we've had, you know, monsters, we've had lots of stuff going on. And the last couple of issues, we actually had a little bit of social commentary and great big giant monster stomp battles. And this issue, well, this issue, if you look at the cover, you get uh, Godzilla sleeping. His tongue dangling out of his mouth. Making it look like he's not just sleeping, he's really out of it. And he's being pulled into some sort of great big giant box. A uh, great big giant floating box that has uh, helicarrier-like propellers. While uh, Dum Dum Dugan and Gabe Jones are having a conversation of some sort about Godzilla. And, yeah. Well, I have to say that the... Uh, the cover is a pretty perfect uh, representation of the tone of this book. Maybe even a metaphorical representation of the book itself, of this issue. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, on the cover, you have Godzilla asleep, being pulled into a giant containment cell in a helicarrier. And guess what happens inside? Uh, Godzilla falls asleep and gets pulled into a great big giant containment cell in a helicarrier. I mean, it, 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 it is what it says it is. It is what it says on the tin, as as uh, they say over across the pond. So the way I'm going to look at this issue is I'm just going to take a look at our cast and all these subplots that are, are basically... I, this is a setup issue. This is setting up the next thing, the next conflict. And it, it's, it's, it exists, I think, to just give us all the subplots. Uh, because, well, let's just go character by character. First, you have Godzilla. 
And Godzilla, he is just walking through the wilderness, minding his own business, and he stops to take a nap in a really, really, really big cave. Uh, he wakes up, he's groggy, he gets attacked, and he gets sprayed by sleeping gas and falls asleep. When he wakes up again, he wakes up in a cell, and, and this time, you know, this time he he's more alert. It, it, it's as, almost as if, you know, the first time he woke up, he just was hitting the snooze button. And, you know, he's he's been down now for another, you know, for that 10 minutes, and now he's up. Now, obviously, it takes longer than that because they've moved him across the country or to a containment cell off of the helicarrier. We'll get to that in a moment, but... He's more alert. He breaks out. He's ready to stop to be continued. Gabe Jones. Uh, his story for this issue is that he is following Godzilla as Godzilla is walking through the wilderness, minding his own business. And Gabe Jones is you know, keeping tabs on Godzilla as, as S.H.I.E.L.D. has something prepared for him. And he's leading S.H.I.E.L.D. to Godzilla. But he feels bad. He feels like we should just leave Godzilla alone. He feels bad when they start attacking Godzilla. He feels bad when they gas Godzilla. He feels bad, uh, but also impressed when the replacement helicarrier replacing the one that was destroyed earlier in San Francisco has come. And I think it's called the behemoth. It's huge. It's gigantic. It's so big that they can open up the front and they can actually fit Godzilla in, which is great when he's asleep. So he feels bad as they load him up. He feels bad when they put him in another cell. He feels bad. Uh, when all this happens, but when God Godzilla wakes up and escape, he, he feels bad, but he's feeling the scared kind of bad because he's running away uh, as you would too. no matter how sympathetic you might have felt for Godzilla. If he's stomping your way, you're, you're not going to stand there and, and try and talk him down. So that's Gabe Jones and his his character arc for the issue. Uh, not much of an arc going from feeling bad to feeling a little worse to feeling scared. Dum Dum Dugan is the opposite. Now, this is some of the stuff where they tell us in the story. They don't necessarily show us the story, uh, the, the character arc that Dum Dum Dugan goes on. But uh, as far as he's concerned at the beginning of the issue, the sooner Godzilla is taken care of, the better. He is not feeling bad about any of those things, gassing Godzilla, knocking him out, loading him up, dropping him into a new cell until they can take care of him with the big plan that they have. Uh, this isn't the big plan. There is another uh, more elements to the plan. And, but then later on in the issue, he is, uh, when Godzilla escapes, he says, you know, I almost came over to your side, Gabe, but, uh, you know, then, then Godzilla goes and does something like this. And by something like this, he means escaping from, uh, being trapped in a, a cell. Um, and when Godzilla escapes and tries to stomp on them, well, dum dum Dugan, he's just back to his, you know, original thoughts. Like I said, not much of a character arc there. Uh, he only says, he only says it out loud. There's nothing else to indicate that he does almost start agreeing with Gabe Jones. So next we have Jimmy Wu, James Wu, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. He's at Stark Labs with the scientists from Japan. And he, uh, his story arc is, is pretty simple too. He has feelings for Tamara. Uh, Tamara is one of the scientists. She's the assistant for Dr. Takaguchi. And he actually kisses her. She's not interested. And so his story arc is, 
or his character arc rather is, is pretty simple. Um, he's been spurned and he feels bad that he made an awkward situation more awkward. Tamara, she is not interested in Jimmy Woo's uh, wooing. That's that's her character arc. I mean, hey, it's the 70s. Come on. Dr. Kakaguchi, uh, he is almost done with the plan that he came up with to stop Godzilla, which is a giant robot. This should be a great issue, right? They talk about the giant robot. They show the schematics of the giant robot. We should be seeing Godzilla fight the giant robot, right? No. Remember, this is a setup issue. This is the issue. Well, it's setting things up, right? Finally, there's Kenny. I, I, I mean, Rob. Uh, who has studied his grandfather's schematics and who believes that the giant robot should be used to help Godzilla, not to hurt Godzilla. Because really, the only thing that a giant fire-breathing radioactive monster needs to help him get by in the world is, is the help of a 10-year-old boy. Now, because giant radioactive monsters don't usually get protection from a 10-year-old boy. Maybe he needs something a little more than just his you know, little 10-year-old boy body. So he goes, he breaks in past the security guards, breaks into the head of the robot, which is the control center. And uh, since he studied the schematics, he knows how to hook himself in to the mental controls, which he does. And then he falls asleep or falls unconscious or whatever. I mean, basically this whole comic book exists for characters to not get developed and to fall asleep. Godzilla falls asleep twice. Rob falls asleep. Meanwhile, Dum Dum, Gabe, and uh, you know, nobody does anything. They capture Godzilla and then they put him in a cell so he can escape. I don't understand why this issue had to happen. Uh, really, this comic book exists to show you things that you want to have happen and that will happen in next issue, but that you wanted to happen in this issue. And so now you're just going to have to wait until next issue because that's when they're going to happen. This issue should have been as simple as our plan is ready. They capture him, put him in the behemoth. He starts to escape and the robot is there. Now, if you want to put Rob in the robot, that's fine. I don't care. I don't know where that's going. I can't remember. Uh, I know that Rob is the Kenny and the, what's a Kenny? Well, a Kenny is a kid from the first Gamera film and he's, you know, th there's some sort of annoying kid that ha shows up in a lot of kaiju movies, Godzilla, Gamera, a lot of them. Some of them don't have the kids, uh, but the ones that do, generally speaking, you're, you don't like the kids when, when they show up. The only real joy I got in, in reading this was seeing the Behemoth Helicarrier. That was kind of cool. Uh, it's a little awkward. It's very boxy. Um, but then it also seen the schematic for the giant robot project. You don't actually see the robot itself in all of its glory, but you do see the schematic that looks like the, the kind of thing that they would use in a handbook to the Marvel universe later on when they would maybe reuse some or repurpose some art like that. Uh, that's kind of cool, but I didn't want to see schematics of something like that. I want to see something like that actually happen. I want to see that actually walking out, getting ready to fight Godzilla. Even if they had just said, okay, here's a few steps toward Godzilla. But no, they use this to give us the awkward kiss scene. They use, you know, the whole putting Godzilla to sleep with gas. I mean, if that works, then all they have to do is keep on doing that. Be ready to keep on doing that. 
this doesn't make any sense. It's not very logical. It's not very exciting. It's not exciting at all. We're going to see the giant robot, which will be named next issue. So I'm not going to name it right now, but we're going to see that giant robot battle the big G next issue. I don't know if Kenny's going to be driving it or if he's going to like wake up in the middle of it being controlled remotely and now he's in control. I don't know. Uh, but as far as this issue goes, ugh, real disappointment, a real disappointment. Now, one of the highlights, though, of doing this podcast about these comics is John Carter and John Carter is what's coming up next. I'm just hoping it's going to be good enough to lift me up from the depths. Uh, and I am intentionally quoting the, the Godzilla theme song from the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, which isn't nearly as bad as people make it out to be. But that is a discussion for another time and another place. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, John Carter, Warlord of Mars, issue number eight, and Ben's Bullpen Bulletin.